Welcome to Name Free Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So before we get into it, we have a little announcement. We are guests on another podcast called Download Your Thoughts with one of our lovely listeners, Soph Jones and Claire Codell. They're based in the UK. It was a lot of fun chatting with them. We talk about kind of our origin story, how we came about in the music industry, how we met each other, some of our craziest gig moments from Sarah. Sarah's (laughs) got like a long list of stories. It is a well entertaining episode. It's so funny because I'm like, I'm not old. And then I'm like, let me tell you my 30 million stories (laughs) from my like 17 years of going to shows. (laughs) I'm just bad at recalling specific moments. I don't know. It's just weird because like my memory is not great, but yet I, but I did, I like journaled throughout my whole life. So I think that like these things that were like important to me and like not important to anybody else, (laughs) like going to like a random concert. So the episode dropped on January 21st. Download your thoughts on all platforms. You can go check it out. Also, if you want more lovely content from us, not in the form of podcasts we do have our patreon that we started which is going amazing you can sign up for that at patreon.com slash name three songs you can get everything from bloopers which is my personal favorite part yeah there's a lot of them (laughs) yeah because i'm a mess yeah deleted scenes (laughs) bloopers deleted scenes extra stories updates before anybody else gets updates And also our Discord, which is our new favorite place to hang out. So if you want to come hang out with us after the episodes and debrief as we do every Sunday and for the rest of the week, please do so. So again, if you would like to join and come hang out with us more, you can do that at patreon.com slash name three songs. So Sarah, what are we talking about today? We are revisiting our favorite topic, misogyny. And I think it's your favorite topic too, considering how the last episode we did about misogyny and songwriting blew up, has like three times more listens than like our most of our episodes. It's still, we're just, we're so thankful for all of you <laughs> and that everybody is interested to find out what songs are misogynistic because I feel like people don't know and a lot of songs people just want to think are gay, <laughs> which I'm right there with you, but... As much as we hate misogyny, we love to bond with you over our hatred for misogyny. Literally, and there's so many different types, which is why, as we already said in the first part of this, why we were going to have to do a second part, because we literally could not fit it all in. We skimmed over the 21st century, basically, only acknowledging essentially pop punk music, which is probably the most problematic genre. It's also the genre we're most familiar with, so we can speak openly about it. Definitely. And also, I think because it's less obvious in pop punk music, so it felt more important to talk about in the first version of this. But now today, we're talking about the most sinister type of misogyny, which is men pretending they love women but really hating them, and women who just hate women because the men that they want don't want any of them. (laughs) It's a mess. And guess what? We've all been subjected to it. None of us have not had some part of us be misogynistic because it's all internalized. We all grew up with it. It's an unfortunate truth. Nobody is safe and (laughs) it's genuinely terrifying. (laughs) But having these conversations is part of how we get through it. Yeah, because Jenna and I have been discussing this ad nauseum basically since the first misogyny and songwriting episode just about how we've thought we've overcome internalized misogyny and how sometimes we haven't and all these sorts of things about just like how women are pre-programmed to like be against each other and how men are pre-programmed to think that they need to trick women into liking them (laughs) it's 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 free therapy (laughs) yeah this is a therapy session so i hope y'all are ready and just before we like get into the meat of this i'm just gonna give you guys a trigger warning we are going to be talking about some genuinely horrifying things that have occurred because mostly men have felt like women owe them something 
Yeah. So this is just a warning. We'll put in the show notes the like minute marker if you want to skip over the part that's a bit graphic. So that being said, I think it's important to point out the difference between when women say they hate men and men who actually fully hate women with their whole being. And sometimes they don't realize that because it is it's internalized. It's it's subconscious. So this has been most upsetting recently. Sarah had a fight with one of her guy friends and his logic was, I hate when women say they hate men. How could you hate an entire demographic? It's like, well, you actually do. You just don't know you do. But the difference is that women saying they hate men, it's like, we're not, for the most part, okay? I'm not gonna speak for everyone, everything out there. For the most part, nothing bad is happening to men just because we say that. However, women, we've grown up our whole lives being patronized, being made to feel less than, being made to feel like there's competition among other women because of the way that men act. And this has gone as far as actual shootings that have happened in 2014 outside of or near Santa Barbara. There was an actual shooting that happened and several people died, multiple people were injured because a man was simply rejected by a woman. Like she didn't want to go out with him. And this is what he did. And if you just Google this, like woman rejects man shooting the front page, there's like four different instances of this happening recently, like within the past two years. And so this is why this topic is so important to discuss and to also know that there's a huge, 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 huge difference between the internalized misogyny that we've all grown up with and men actually hating women and then women saying they hate men. Because I think that is an easy defense for us to try to level the playing field, even though it really doesn't do anything to actually level the playing field. I think also we touched on this briefly in the first episode of this is that these lyrics, even when we're not realizing it, what they're talking about is getting ingrained in our psyches. Like we are aware that like men view women as objects or like view women as a prize to be won or whatever the lyrics may be. And so young kids are getting pre-programmed essentially to think of this certain way of like, a girl is a prize to be won, like girls are less than, whatever the case may be. And it's the same thing of how girls are taught not to be raped, boys aren't taught to not rape. And it's those instances within popular culture, these people need to be more self-aware of like the way that they're singing, because there are songs that we're going to mention and talk about today that sometimes I don't even know if these artists know that they're saying something that can be something that makes you think a certain way. And I think that just right now, just to pick an example, because I'm, I like, I'm liking to criticize Harry Styles lately, is that Carolina is a really good idea of a song like this where the chorus is like she's such a good girl she's a good girl she's so fine and it's like harry met towns once like i love this song but it's like harry met towns once they went on one date i don't know if they like personally and i i talked about this on so's podcast but personally like if i had a one night stand with harry styles and somebody found me i'd be like we spent a lovely 24 hours together i would like hint at that shit you know and she never did because towns is an upstanding woman but lyrics like that are something that we're taught is like a sexual thing and that in a way can be seen as like misogyny and teaching girls like oh you go out on a date with someone you're gonna be a good girl and you're gonna do what they want you to do and like obviously that's probably not obviously but that's probably not his mindset behind this he probably was just like i'm gonna write a good song but there are like underlying meanings that like if a young person's listening to songs and there's constant songs with that like good girl trope they already correlate good girl with sex yeah and so there's no escaping a statement like that and not just assuming something about someone so yes obviously that was like a a vast departure from like men fully attacking women but it's just those situations where when you are young and you're taught certain terms mean certain things and all that things as you grow up you're just like oh like girls want to please me they want to be a good girl and when they don't then there's like the internet subculture of incels on 4chan and reddit and wherever else they live on the internet nowadays i'm not with the times i'm (laughs) yeah and also i think going to like women hating women is it's like we're kind of like predisposed to not 
like women who aren't the good girl. Yeah, exactly. And it's another double-edged sword of just like not knowing what you're supposed to do if you don't want to fit into like these predetermined camps of what being a woman is. And like learning to like not hate girls who aren't like that or to not hate yourself for not being like that when you are a woman or a man, whatever the case is. And every human is like predisposed to these things this isn't just a problem that like straight people have like everybody has this issue it's not just like men hating women because they don't want to sleep with them like there's other reasons that men just are like women or whatever yeah i mean we all grew up with this rhetoric and you see it in movies too you see it in disney princess movies of like none of the disney princesses have other female friends like they're Mm -hmm. always waiting for the prince to come save them i mean maybe now like the movies that are coming out might be a little bit more progressive in that stance like frozen because they have each other it's like we all grew up with this no matter what part of society what class what race what gender anything like we all grew up with this and i think like now a lot of people are more aware of like what this actually is and what's going on but it's all these small little instances of things like this things like the good girl things like girls in disney movies not having friends that like add up into us having this subconscious I don't, I don't even want to say hatred because sometimes it's not a hatred. It's just a subconscious aversion to being friends with other women. And I think also it's super prevalent for us in like this online culture because of like fan fiction and like Wattpad and stuff because in movies it's always like, oh, like the the like band geeks versus the cheerleaders or like the goths versus the popular kids or whatever the case may be like there's always one type of girl against another type of girl like heathers is like a good example of this it's like three popular girls and like the outsider and like the outsider's friends with them but like they're all pitted against each other sort of thing and then we watch this stuff on tv and in movies and then you go online and you're writing like fan fiction about meeting (laughs) harry styles or meeting pete wentz or whoever it is that you want to meet and you're like oh he liked me because i wasn't like other girls i didn't wear makeup like i read books instead of like (laughs) whatever like nonsense trope there is and so it's these constant things we're fed and then that goes into the music also that we're listening to and we're like oh well if this person i'm writing a fan fiction about sings songs about this then what do i do it's re- yeah, it's reinforcing the idea. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that comes into play a lot with the nice guy trope in songs. And I mean, like talking about like, oh, like the, the, the girl who reads, the girl who does something like academic being different and like looking looked at in a different light, I can bring another song example into the conversation, which is by my favorite band, Five Seconds of Summer. <laughs> And genuinely, I do love this song. It's been played quite often because it's fucking catchy, which is the issue is these songs are catchy. But thankfully, I was not a small child when I listened to this song. So by this point, I'm sure most of you who know Five Seconds of Summer know what I'm on about. But I am talking about Good Girls by my favorite. I mean, the title just gives it away. (laughs) Red flags right there. It's a nice little package of like two tropes in one of like the nice guy and uh, the good girl trope in songwriting. And the whole song is a mess, but there is (laughs) the the part that I highlighted and just was like, what could this mean? Of me trying to like go intricate onto these lyrics was the part where they're like, she can speak French. I think she's fluent. And I go, this is coded about making out. It might be. (laughs) Which it probably is based off the rest of the lyrics because there's a part of the song that goes, she's a good girl, a straight A student. She's really into all that self-improvement. I swear she lives in that library. But if you ask, she'll say, that's where you'll find me. And then it goes, but if you look, then you won't find her there. She may be clever, but she just acts too square because in the back of the room where nobody looks, she'll be with her boyfriend. She's not reading books. This feels like a really shitty nursery rhyme. (laughs) Yeah. When you you read it out loud, I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at that rhyme scheme. But it's it's that thing. It's like, oh, she says that she's reading. Is she? No. (laughs) She's having sex in the library. (laughs) On top of the good girl trope, there's also the schoolgirl trope. (laughs) 
lots of tropisms going on there but i mean i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt they were quite young when they wrote this song so they're still their brains their internalized misogyny is still popping out their internalized misogyny is rampant at this stage of life some of them might have grown out of it but whatever So this is just a lot, a lot to unpack here. So with with that lyricism, with the beautiful Shakespearean <laughs> writing I've just given you, I want you to ruminate with that while we give you some psychology facts <laughs> because we like to inform you. So in an article for The Independent by Rachel Hosey in 2016 called The Sinister Logic Behind Nice Guy Syndrome Explained by Psychologists, So Rachel interviewed some psychologists to find out why the nice guy trope happens. And so this psychologist, Dr. Jesse Merchick, he told the independent, quote, the men who tend to get stuck in the friend zone might not be attractive enough on their own, physically, socially, or otherwise, and so try to compensate for their shortcomings by investing in women more than their peers. In other words, they might use kindness to try and make up for what they lack elsewhere. Oh, goodness. And like the fact that it's just like so blatant is wild to me. And another example that was given in this article is that nice guy behavior includes performing kind gestures with the sole motive of seducing a woman, insisting the reason they were rejected is because, quote, women like bad boys, believing showing basic human decency and manners make them especially, quote unquote, nice, and complaining about the difference between what women claim to want in a man and the men they actually go for. Yeah, so case in point, the five seconds of summer song, the good girl thing, it's like she appears like she wants a nice guy, but really she doesn't. Is it this song or another one where it's like she's a good girl, but she won't it literally says like she's a good girl but she until she gets caught or something like that yeah it's like the chorus of the song is good girls are bad girls that haven't been caught okay there we go so literally the epitome of this nice guy trope is like she should like me because i'm a nice guy but really she only likes bad boys like no just shut your mouth the thing is for any men who might be listening is at least with bad boys we know what we're going to get (laughs) Because it's just, it's right there on the tin. Yeah, the nice guys are just good guys until they get caught. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there that Ted Bundy was a nice guy. Ted Bundy was a nice guy. So, yeah. also a serial killer. <laughs> exactly. So, this is my problem. This is most women's problem with dating, is especially <laughs> people who have been in long term relationships that end. The constant thing is, is, I knew my ex wasn't going to murder me because we'd been together for so long. And now I need to meet new men and hope that they also do not murder me. So, yeah. or anyone else for that matter. Yeah. So not to compare five sauce to murderers, but I just did do that. <laughs> well, no, this goes back to the thing of like something like this. So small is a piece of misogyny that adds up, adds up, adds up, adds up. And then you get people like Ted Bundy. Like it's like, this is the guy, those guys who shoot women because they don't want to date them. I mean, I remember there is one case. I'll find a link for you guys if you want. But a girl said no to a guy for like a dance and he stabbed her at school, like fully stabbed her. This is why there's a difference between women saying they hate men and men actually hating women because it's, it is it is dangerous. So since they already dragged Harry Styles specifically into this mess of a conversation. I'm also going to drag One Direction straight into it <laughs> because they they shape a lot of people into like who they are because that's what boy bands do. And there are two really big pertinent songs that are just glossed with misogyny and nice nice guy syndrome. One is written by our current arch nemesis, Ed Sheeran, which <laughs> which is little things. It's kind of being a nitpick, but who doesn't love a nitpick? So obviously Ed Sheeran wrote this song because who hates women more than Ed Sheeran? The answer is no one. But this is a boy band who are filled with handsome boys who have also, I mean, been kind of being like, you don't know you're beautiful. And that's what makes you beautiful, which is also nice and questionable. But if you admit that you know you're beautiful, then you're a bitch. Yep. I mean, they never said those things because they're too nice. But... No, but that's the next That's the next, <laughs> that's step, the next step after step. that. That's the next like step. a that's man you... giving a woman a compliment and then being like, thanks. And then being like, excuse me, did you just take my compliment? 
how dare you know you're beautiful without me it's one step to the left of becoming a nice man a, a, a nice guy syndrome which they become with little things by saying i know you've never loved the crinkles by your eyes when you smile you've never loved your stomach or your thighs the dimples in your back at the bottom of your spine but i'll love them endlessly <laughs> and it's it's just those things where it's like acknowledging something that somebody doesn't find beautiful in themselves and being like, but I find it beautiful, so that makes it okay. And I just oh, it just doesn't. Yeah, it's right like not me. for them to. It's not for them to say. And then they're like, I won't let these little things slip out of my mouth. But if I do, it's you. Oh, it's you. They add up to I'm in love with you and all these little things. So that's insinuating that they're like, I've acknowledged they're, your stomach and your thighs. Yeah. And <laughs> like they're going to call it out. I'm not going to, I'm going to try so hard to not acknowledge <laughs> that your thighs touch. But if I do, it's because I love you. Oh my God. That's for real what they're saying. I hate it here. <laughs> you end the like... You never want to know how much you weigh. You still have to squeeze into your jeans, but you're perfect to me. I won't let these little things slip out of my mouth. But if it's true, it's you. Like, mm. it's so <laughs> I'm <problem>. thinking it. <laughs> I'm just going to try real hard not to say it. <laughs> Girl, happening. I know you can't fit into those jeans, but I'm not going to say it. It's so funny because like for so long, my issue was with the was with the verse and now it's with the chorus. Because through, chorus, through and through written by ed sheeran holy shit this is way worse than i thought it was okay i lied this is a problematic song <laughs> and like and it's not the only one just to bring in one, one other one direction song while we're here while we're, while we're on the topic little white lies on midnight memories has writing credits to louie and liam and this song is not nice <laughs> <sighs> And it's that thing again where it's like not believing a girl because you like think she's gonna put out. Yeah. It's so annoying. And it's like, I feel like I'm gonna need to read the whole lyrics of the song, but it's like, you say it's getting late and you don't know if you can stay, but you don't tell the truth. No, you like playing games. Your hands touching me and your eyes keep saying things. They're saying what we do when it's only me and you and I can't concentrate. And then the chorus is, if this was room is burning, I wouldn't even notice because you've been taking up my mind with your little white lies. You say you're a good girl, but I know you would, girl, because you've been telling me all night with your little white lies. Yeah, that's like a woman saying no. And then him, him being like, but we made out. So sex. And then her being like, no. And he's like, but sex. And her being like, no. And he's like, I know it's a lie because we're going to have sex. Like, but you've been giving me those eyes all night and it's like i'm sorry liam i can see this coming from louis how dare you <laughs> go get I'm, your man sarah i need to i need to get my man he's gonna catch these hands <laughs> like so no matter what artists you listen to they can be problematic nobody's safe <laughs> and since ed sheeran wrote one of the most problematic One Direction songs. We thought it would only be right to really lay into him now. The list of songs that this man sings that are just like, why don't you like me? <laughs> are disgusting. So I have, I have some favorites. I pulled a lot of stuff because I love reading people hating on Ed Sheeran. My favorite article no longer exists. It was a Playboy expose. In 2015, Ed Sheeran's nice boy disgustingness was so rampant that Playboy had to take him to the ringer. And this author named Chloe Stillwell wrote the most chef's kiss, beautiful piece of writing I have ever read, <laughs> but it's no longer available online. But the lovely Roshane Lanigan took lots of expert excerpts from this article and put them on babe.net. So that'll be <laughs> linked for you. Basically, how Chloe describes Ed Sheeran <laughs> and people like Ed Sheeran is the most beautiful piece of writing ever. And she goes, most women have probably encountered the otherworldly scorn of a male underdog. Yes, confident Bernie bros and fresh Deloitte recruits will definitely go do chauvinistic things like introduce you to their moms only to ghost you and hit you up a month later for a 3am booty call. <laughs> but underdogs, and by that I mean men who have never felt sufficient physically, sexually, socially, or professionally cut deep. And then she goes, 
In Ed Sheeran's case, he'll write reductive revenge songs that are low-key misogynistic while slurring in interviews about all the women who've been kind enough to fuck him. <laughs> he name drops a lot. If that 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 belongs in the MoMA a museum, that should be, <laughs> should be hanging up <laughs> in a museum. This Irish website called the Daily Edge wrote a whole article about like the multiple times that Ed Sheeran likes to remind people that he has sex. Jenna, would you like to do the honors? <laughs> Oi, there's a lot. So I think it's worth mentioning all of these. Um, in 2014, he wrote a song called Don't, rumored to be about his brief relationship with the fellow singer Ellie Goulding. In the song, he talks about being between the sheets till late in the AM. Then in 2015, there was an interview where he said he didn't fuck Taylor Swift because he thought she's too tall. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, let me just um, diss one of the most coveted pop stars in the world because she's too tall for me to fuck her. That's why she doesn't deserve my recognition. Also, like, we all know Taylor Swift's type and like Ed Sheeran. It ain't him. <laughs> not even on like the periphery of her type. And then... In 2017, he bragged about also fucking Taylor's friends in his cover story with Rolling Stone. So he's just the worst, the worst kind of man, the worst, because he tricks you with his actual good songwriting. And then you like start listening to his music. And then he's like, hey, listen to this nonsense I have for you now. Because <laughs> yeah. like his first album like wasn't that problematic, I don't think. I don't Where remember was coming and fucking in the elevator. Okay, but that's just like goals. <laughs> like personal. But did he actually do it? Personal goals probably did not fuck in an elevator. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I feel like most of his songs, even at the beginning, there was always at least one song that's like making sure you know that he is sexually active, which is hilarious. And it's the same thing as I talk about, like when guys leave boy bands and they have an album that's either like, yeah, I fuck or like, yeah, I do drugs. And Sheeran kind of is like, I have to let them know constantly that I do, in fact, sleep with women but these women don't want to sleep with me which <laughs> which brings us into some song lyric reading of ed sheeran's song the man which is a rap song or like a song with rap in it i don't know i didn't want to listen back. a song just, where he raps quote unquote <laughs> i just brought up some lyrics but in this song he goes now i don't want to hate you just wish you'd never gone for the man and waited two weeks at least before you let him take you i stayed true i kind of knew you liked the dude from private school once again it's that i'm mr nice guy and you always go for the bad guy and it's like i was waiting around for you this is a thing that's like so detrimental, especially to young girls listening to these songs and young boys, more so young boys. It's like these boys will listen to a song like this and they're like, they think it's okay. Yeah. That's the thing is like you mentioned earlier, like the nice boys, like they, there's a very like certain type of stereotype of nice boys being rejected and them using their niceness to get women. It's like, okay, clearly there is an issue. Like if men are feeling like they don't fit in with society, if they don't have a group of friends, if they don't, whatever it is that leads them to be this nice boy stereotype that is an issue that like we need to be talking about like the problem isn't always just that their actions are bad like they were also raised in this way and they were fed in stuff like this that makes them think it's okay and really really we all need to be seeing therapists to work through this yeah and i mean in that independent article i mentioned earlier by rachel like she said if a man is nice to a woman she should repay him by becoming his girlfriend because that's obviously how these things work and I mean, more pertinent points have not been made. Like being nice to other humans is like basic decency. Yeah, like you you're not owed anything. It's the same thing if it's like if you're a girl and you hang out with a guy, I feel like at least in my perspective, I'm not hanging out with him hoping he's gonna become my boyfriend. Even and if the I the like other him. thing is like things like that of like the expectation of like, yeah. oh, I we went on a date, like then expecting sex or stuff like that, of like, oh, but I treated you nice why won't you service me why won't you have sex with me all this type of stuff same thing well i mean i've seen 
so many TikToks lately of like girls going out on dates with guys and them being like, oh yeah, he like asked me if I was going to sleep with him. And when I said no, he was like, well, then you're paying for dinner or whatever the case is. And it's like, so you're paying for dinner as a form of transaction for sex. Like I don't, it's, it's yeah. just, it's so wild and just boggles my mind, especially because of like how woke our generation and like Gen Z are like parading around acting like we are. And yet men are still doing this. And there's like still accounts on TikTok or YouTube of like these men in their early 30s to like early 20s like teaching men how to be like a player or like whatever the case is and it's just like it's so (laughs) I mean toxic there's a lot worse stuff out there there's like a whole organization called red pill which is literally a forum of men teaching each other tricks of how to get women in bed and it's disgusting vile stuff so like it goes deeper than just like the surface level stuff like this which is why when there is surface level stuff like this we need to start calling it out I mean, not just calling it out, but challenging, like, why are men thinking this way? Why are we being treated this way? Like, what what are these other factors that go into this? And how can we change this rhetoric? Yeah, it's just like the challenging of something. It's never being like, oh, Ed Sheeran wrote this gross song, cancel him. It's like Ed Sheeran wrote this gross song, challenge him, question him, talk about it. Yeah. Because the only That's way- we learn. Yeah, that we learn is if we have open and honest conversations and are like, hey, Ed Sheeran, buddy old pal, you're making me uncomfy. That's another thing with like Taylor Swift. It's like there's they toured together. They wrote songs together. They were good friends. I don't know. I'm saying in the past tense because I haven't seen them around each other. But it's like if I were Taylor Swift and I was friends with Ed Sheeran and I was kind of allowing him to ride on my coattails in a sense. And he said in an interview like, oh, I didn't fuck Taylor because she's too tall. I would blast that man from all for all hell take like i know jada smith's red table didn't exist then but i would have taken him straight to that red table (laughs) i mean like we need to talk about this (laughs) because it's just not it it's not it yeah it's like him why did he have to say that period like why did he have to say that he didn't and he chose to because he wanted to prove something he wanted to prove that it was his choice not to fuck taylor swift putting him him in power i don't know but i think i just wanted to mention this like Billie eilish's like most recent song or the most recent popular one therefore i am is kind of like a perfect i love like i just love how she handled this it's the perfect thing of like her that song is basically about a man saying like oh we're friends or like talking about her to get their names and headlines together and she's Mm -hmm. like i'm not even gonna engage with this it's not even worth my time like you don't even know me all this type of stuff and i'm just like yes billy like go off please like tell him he's not worth shit and i mean and this is the thing is it's like there are men who are aware there is hope like (laughs) it is possible i mean 98% of Harry Styles' songs are not problematic. Like, Hosier does not have a problematic song to be found. Like, it's possible to find men that are not being mean to you and are not doing worse things than being mean to you. I mean, even with the Harry Styles example, even if 2% of his songs are misogynistic or are questionably misogynistic, it's like, that just goes to show, like, how we've been raised with this. And as much as we can think that Harry Styles isn't a misogynist, like, there's still that internalized part that, like, we have to, like, actively realize that it's there yeah because it's it's inescapable even for people who are really like forward thinking and feminists or whatever the case may be like there's always the chance that something's gonna slip out something's gonna happen like some girl's gonna get something that you wanted and your first instinct is to call her ugly or whatever the case is it's always gonna be there and I think that that's like how the nice guy sort of trope sort of goes hand in hand with the like women being jealous and like hating on other women for like no real reason like quite well because like the nice guy and like the woman hating woman trope at least in songs are very similar. The nice guy is like it's not easy for me but it's easy if you're a bad boy like the girl suddenly becomes easy. Yeah so I guess it's like they're both the nice guy and the girl singing that sort of song they're both judging other women for being promiscuous or whatever the case is yeah so it's either for being promiscuous or for just not wanting to be promiscuous for a specific person exactly so So fun so interestingly there's a lot of articles out there 
about this phenomenon of women hating women. And there's one in Lone Wolf Magazine entitled, Do Women Really Hate Other Women? Hashtag Eliminate Girl Hate by Natalia Bereka. And in here, there's a study from Social Issues Research Center, which reported, in our female-only focus groups, a distinctive theme emerging was how women preferred to be seen as one of the lads. Indeed, many of the women, perhaps inadvertently, reinforced the stereotype of other women, i.e. not them, as being bitchy and backstabbing. And here we have the trope of I'm not like other girls, which has recently been dubbed the pick me girl. Yeah, I think it involved from one to the other. Yeah, I think Although it they're, did. they're pretty much the same thing. I think it's pretty much the same thing. I think it just like evolved into like an easier to say term <laughs> terminology. So I think like, you know, preferring to be seen as like one of the boys it just goes back to this subconscious thing that for whatever reason if we can seem cool and we can hang out with men therefore they'll like us more than the other girls or like than the catty girls and it's just like this article poses a question like is this us just subconsciously buying into the idea that being a girl is basically bad while being a guy is good there's another quote here the worst thing you can call a girl is a girl and the worst thing you can call a guy is a girl and so being a girl is the ultimate insult and i think that's so true i think we've all experienced this we've all maybe if not intentionally we've all played that role of like i'm not like other girls or like trying to seem cool in some way or trying to differentiate yourself for other girls just for the validation of men definitely and i think that that's like the thing that i found super interesting in this article is that they quoted from a TEDx youth talk done by Dr. Caroline Heldman. She says, self-objectification lowers your ability to get along with other women. We engage in female competition. We see male attention as the holy grail of our existence by and large, and so we compete with other women for our own self-esteem because we see it as this cherished finite resource. So we go into parties and we know where we are in the pretty girl pecking order. And when other women are valued for being a sex object, it actually makes us feel bad about ourselves. So we call her a slut or a bitch or whatever and pretend that like she's somehow less of a person because she's prettier than us. And I feel like that's a lot of what is going on in the songs that clearly are like, women hating on other women yeah like the misery business like taylor swift's you belong with me it's the otheringness of like i'm not like that and really what it comes down to it's like this is what it said this self objectification it's like us our self-esteem like how are we we us comparing ourselves to other women and why are we doing that we're doing it in the end for the validation of men which is stupid well i mean a lot of people so we made a tiktok video about just like songs that are well known to be like women hating on women and a lot of people were mentioning better than revenge by taylor swift and like i'm not a taylor swift fan so i didn't know about this but it's rumored that the song is about camilla bell who is an actress who infamously stole joe jonas's heart while he was dating taylor this whole stealing thing whether like no matter what gender the person is the whole like stealing someone thing makes it seem as if it's a prize to be won as if it belongs to somebody when really it's the own individual and what like what's going on with them it's not that this individual's owned by anyone else it's also that constant thing of it's like it takes two people to cheat it takes more than one person for a relationship to end and i think that i i mean i've seen recently a lot more of it's like oh, that girl didn't know that he had a girlfriend. So more power to her trying to get laid, whatever. And But I feel like for so long, it's always been like the girl's fault for like wooing your man. But like if yeah. your man was wooable, <laughs> is he really your man at all? And so it's just that thing where because of the internalized misogyny of just existence, automatically like the woman, the other woman is seen as the bad guy whereas like they both especially i guess in like celebrity relationships there's no way to not know really unless it's like not public knowledge but i mean like in this song taylor swift literally like describes what this is perfectly because she's like i never saw it coming wouldn't have suspected it i underestimated just who i was dealing with and so it's like she's like she un and then she goes she underestimated who she was stealing from which is mm. like you you don't you don't own your boyfriend but the chorus she's goes, making it about her not as if joe jonas had a part in playing this she's just like overlooking that and saying it's all the other girl's fault yeah she's looking at it as if this is like camilla against her whereas it's like that's not what was going on 
And then the chorus, she goes, she's not a saint. She's not what you think. She's an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Soon she's going to find stealing other people's toys on the playground won't make you many friends. She should keep in mind, there is nothing I do better than revenge. Honestly, sounds like a Fall Out Boy song. (laughs) But maybe it's just the mattress thing. It's probably just the mattress thing. But I... (laughs) And it's like that thing where I think Camila was older than him. Taylor did say in a 2014 article with The Guardian, I was 18 when I wrote Better Than Revenge. That's the age you are when you think someone can actually take your boyfriend. Then you grow up and realize no one can take someone from you if they don't want to leave. Yeah. So, I mean, we love some growth. (laughs) Yeah, we love some personal growth. We love seeing people recognize their own internalized misogyny and calling it out as that. Yeah. Which is exactly what Haley Williams did with Misery Business. So before we go into Haley's coming out the other side of internalized misogyny and realizing that it's not cool to not be like other girls, you want to be just like other girls. Misery Business came out when she was like 17 and the lyric go, she's got a body like an hourglass. It's ticking like a clock. It's a matter of time before we all run out. When I thought he was mine, she caught him by the mouth. And then it goes, I waited eight long months. She finally set him free. I told him I couldn't lie. He was the only one for me. So basically she's saying that like this girl who was like a slut got a guy that Haley was interested in. And then she waited eight months for this quote unquote slut to stop being with this man. And she's like, oh, he now I can go back to this guy because I guess she was waiting around for him. Because the chorus is like, I never meant to brag, but I got him where I want him now. It was never my intention to brag to to steal it away from you now but god does it feel so good because i got him where i want him now and if you could then i know you would so it's just like that thing where it's like she's saying because she was like a nice girl that she got the guy in the end because the guy was only interested in the slut for so long in 2018 which is 11 years after this song came out Haley williams announced that the band would no longer be playing misery business at concerts so she said at the concert tonight we're playing the song for the last time, for a really long time. This is a choice that we have made because we feel that we should. We feel like it's time to move away from it for a little while. And then before singing it, she goes, this is to every bad decision that led us here. This is to all the embarrassing things we might have said, but we owned up to and we grew. And I just, I'm so proud of her, (laughs) which I have no right to be because I didn't even care ever, but like, I love some growth. This isn't the first time Williams spoke out against the lyrics in 2015. So three years prior, she also wrote, Misery Business is not a set of lyrics I relate to as a 26-year-old woman. I haven't related to in a very long time. These words were written when I was 17, admittedly from a very narrow-minded perspective. It really wasn't meant to be this big philosophical statement about anything. It's quite literally a page in my diary about a singular moment I experienced in high school. So, I mean... That just goes to show it's like, this is the type of stuff that we grew up with ingrained in us. It's a lot to show that like Haley outgrew it and realized like that's not something that she wants to continue promoting. I think that says a lot about her and it goes a long way for like just all the women who do have songs that are like this. I think it's a good example and like other people should do the same. And I know that like fans were kind of like, oh, like you're falling into like PC culture. Like we understand, we know, but it's like Paramore still makes music. They're not like just touring off their back catalog. So like they're gaining new fans all of the time. And so it's like, if you are 30 and have been a Paramore fan since Paramore started, and then there's like a 20 year old who's just finding Paramore and they hear this song and they're a bit more woke than we were. And they go and they see like, oh, Haley has said that this isn't my train of thought anymore. They're not performing it anymore. That gives them a good role model. And so it's just that thing where it's like, there's nothing wrong with evolving and being like, hey, I don't believe in this anymore. So I don't want to sing it anymore. And I don't think that that's like cancel culturing your own song you know i think it's just growing as a woman there's another article we have here from metro uk and she posted on her story this is from 2020 and and Mm -hmm. one of their new songs is included on this spotify playlist called Mm -hmm. women of rock but so is misery business Mm -hmm. and she says i know it's one of the band's biggest songs but it shouldn't be used to promote anything having to do with female empowerment or solidarity i'm so proud of paramore's career it's not 
about shame. It's about growth and progression. And though it'll always be a fan favorite, we don't need to include it on new playlists in 2020. Beautifully put. And like her calling out the fact that they put it in a women of rock playlist. And she was like, for this being trying to be a feminist playlist, like this song is not feminist and we don't support it anymore. Well put Haley Williams. There's so many songs that are very much. And like, and I, this is like a thing that I've just, I'm very aware of because I've been a pop punk fan in the era of the internet and on live journal and all those sort of things. It's like, anytime you don't like, like a song and you want to try and live with it. And I've done this myself, you make it gay and you're like, it's just gay. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like, but I mean, like, like Fall Out Boy is a good example of this and like people still do it to this day is it's like there are lyrics that are coded in misogyny and in order to deal with it because there are a lot of Fall Out Boy songs that don't use gendered terms and so in order to deal with this even though everybody in that band has very adamantly been like I am straight no matter how much they don't want to be which like why would you choose to like men <laughs> But it's like, instead of being like, oh, they hate women, it's like, oh, they just want to fuck that woman or like, oh, they just want to fuck that guy, depending on who's singing the song. And that's why they're angry because they like can't deal with their own like homoeroticism or whatever. And it was like a big thing that happened when I was growing up and like would see things on Live Journal where there would be like these whole long posts of like these people picking apart these songs and being like, see, like this lyric here proves that like this is just like so and so wanting to actually be with the person that's like like the other half of the song and it's like I don't I don't know I don't personally know but I feel like that's like a, co a coping mechanism <laughs> to deal with the fact that like you're suddenly becoming aware of misogyny and then you're like I don't want this to be like this so I'm gonna make it gay and now it's not misogynistic anymore <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works <laughs> But I think, I that think that's like still... what our 15 year old minds are doing. Yeah. But like the song is still problematic. Uh, oh, yeah. Whether or not you think it's a gay song. But somebody also commented on TikTok about when we said girlfriend by Avril Lavigne and she was like, it's a lesbian thing. And I'm like, what? Are you yeah, talking about these lyrics? It's not a lesbian thing. They also said that it was about the fact that Avril Lavigne was replaced by a doppelganger. So it's just conspiracy theories. But yeah, so like to talk about Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, which was also released in 2007, the pre-chorus is she's like, so whatever, you could do so much better. I think we should get together now. And that's what everyone's talking about. I mean, <laughs> if you want to read it as a gay song, that's totally fine. Like, you do whatever makes you feel good inside, but also be aware that it's still mean. Yeah, I mean, like, even if it is, it's still hating on someone for not being, like, her, basically. It's still yeah. hating on someone who is, like, the girlfriend. And, like, that's the same thing of people saying that, like, break up with your girlfriend, I'm bored, is, like, an empowerment song. I don't, I don't get that. Because, like, at the end of the video, it looks like she goes off with the girlfriend. I don't know. Because the song lyrics are like, break up with your girlfriend, yeah, yeah, because I'm bored. You could hit it in the morning, yeah, yeah, like it's yours. I know it ain't right, but I don't care. Break up with your girlfriend, yeah, yeah, because I'm bored. I mean, whether or not it is a gay anthem, if she's saying like, break up with your girlfriend, the girlfriend is still hitting on another woman. Yeah. And then it's like, then you realize she's right there and you're at home like, damn, she can't compare. Because so much of what Ariana does is like empowering and feminist and what have you. But sometimes you just mess up. You just mess up. Well, because, like, in the video, it's literally, like, Ariana meets a boy at a party, wants to get with him, realizes she, he has a girlfriend, and then is like, can you break up with him so that I can have you? I mean, it's it's this is a question of, like, how misogynistic is this really? Because I think, like, it's very, very coded in, like, saying I'm better than someone else, but it's not outright hating on women for being some kind of way it's more yeah. just like a relationship jealousy type thing so it's like do you want to read this as a misogynistic song or not yeah because like that's the thing is it's like there are songs like this where it just depends your state of mind i guess while listening but it's like a, i think it, in, it is in a way detrimental to not acknowledge the misogynistic undertones no matter how you want 
yeah to think of a song because regardless of how you yourself are understanding it as like a grown person there are young people who are just getting it straight off of the label like what it says is what it says and so they take it that way and then they're like oh and then they think this behavior is okay yeah and they're like oh perpetuates the trend of misogyny yeah exactly because they're like oh like if ariana is telling a boy that they should break up with their girlfriend for her then i can do that yeah and so it's just that thing where it's like no matter what the deeper meaning could actually be not everybody is at that level to like understand that yeah i think that's a good point and like also a good place to leave it off with because the last one in this conversation was just like a lot to unpack and as we stated at the beginning i think it's important to think about these things and be critical of these things because we all have been misogynistic in one way or another without intending to be because this is just the society we grew up with and the more we can realize the little things along the way that we've done the more we can begin to create a society that doesn't have hopefully as much misogyny within it yeah. And for for the younger generation. A hundred percent. And I think it's like what I said earlier of like sitting Ed Sheeran down having a conversation. It's just like the more we have conversations like this out in the open and like are made aware of these things, the easier it'll be to like combat it. Because we're not saying don't listen to these songs. We're not saying you can't enjoy this music. That would be hypocritical. I still listen to a lot of, I still listen to Fall Boy. I still listen to Brand New. I you own still listen CDs. to Five Seconds of Summer. Still listen to Five Seconds of Summer all of the fucking time. And like even One Direction is, has made some mistakes in their past. And Harry Styles, everybody does it. We're not saying no, don't love those songs. We're saying be aware, acknowledge it, and then take whatever meaning you want out of the music you love. Because that's what music is for. <laughs> to just enjoy, but be aware. <laughs> Now it's time for everybody's favorite minute segment of the show, which is Fan of the Week in 30 Seconds or Less. Ta-da! So Jenna, are you ready with an artist for us? I am so ready. Okay, I'm going to count you down in three, two, one, go. So I'm talking about an artist from Argentina named Nathy Peluso, who recently got kind of popular on Twitter for people calling her out as Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> But nothing to do with that. She's an incredible singer-songwriter and dancer, very theatrical type person. She had her record come out in October 2020. She was at the Latin Grammys performing. Uh, my favorite song is Sana Sana. I think she's really cool. And I really want her to break into the U.S. market. Wow, that was like exactly 30 seconds. I'm so proud. Perfect. We're getting better at this time crunch. <laughs> I actually wasn't even watching my timer because I went to Spotify to look at her stuff. So I was just watching your reaction. You're like. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a thing or two, realized that it's okay to be critical of your favorite artists and not canceling them. If you have any thoughts, if you want to publicly digest this with us, we are here for you. We will support you through this traumatizing time. You can come chat with us on Twitter, Instagram, at Name3Songs. You can go watch our TikToks to unwind, whatever you want to do. And if you want to chat with other Name3Songs listeners, you can come join our Discord. The info is all at patreon.com slash Name3Songs. Yes, and if you have personal grievances, come at me at Sarah underscore Fagan or come at Jenna at Jenna underscore Million. So thank you for joining us on Name3Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit name3songs.com.